Hi everyone, uh, welcome to all of those joining us from the Nova Church family, as well as those joining from Momentum Christian Fellowship, as well as those with Gateway Church, and whoever else is joining us. We're so happy to have you here. My name is Garrett, and I am the Director of Local Missions here at Nova. So we are in the middle of a sermon series titled, Life Interrupted, which obviously stems from this current situation we all find ourselves in. Life has been interrupted, and it has caused us to reorient ourselves to how to go go about daily life. In other words, our routines have been interrupted, which can be incredibly disorienting. Routines provide us with structure, which maximizes our productivity, and it makes us feel safe because we know what to expect. Having a routine and staying disciplined in that routine can be a very good thing, and therefore, interruptions to our routines can be incredibly jarring. However, disruptions to routine can sometimes be beneficial. A good example of this is in exercise. A pretty standard truth in exercise science is the importance of continually changing up your workout routines. So you, if you are a runner, it's good to mix in some weightlifting or swimming and vice versa. It keeps the body continually engaged as well as prevents you from overworking one area of your body. We also see this throughout the world of business. A Harvard business professor named Clayton Christensen published a book in 1997 called The Innovator's Dilemma, in which he researches what makes a company succeed to high degrees and over a long period of time. And what he found out is fascinating. Essentially, companies that continually made sound and safe business decisions, in other words, they stuck to their routines, they stayed stable in the short term, but it generally did not lead to innovation. And therefore, in the long term, these companies became outdated and failed. It is companies that would continually disrupt their business in various ways that often led to innovation and therefore continued growth and success. Consider Amazon, one of the biggest companies in the entire world. Amazon started out strictly as an online bookstore, but they disrupted their business model and began to sell other products, and now, well, I don't think I need to explain to you where Amazon stands in the business world. Also, consider YouTube. Now, many of you probably don't know this, but YouTube started as an online dating site in which single people would upload a video describing themselves and describing their ideal partner. However, the founders pivoted, disrupted their entire model, and became the video streaming conglomerate you all know today. Disruption, it's challenging, uncomfortable, And many times it's scary, but it can lead to very good change. So now I want you to take a moment and reflect on how the COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted your regular routine. But I want you to try and think of a way this disruption has positively impacted your life. I'll give you a personal example first. Believe it or not, and I think this is actually probably true for most of you as well, I actually know more of my neighbors now than I did before the pandemic. Because of the stay-at-home order, I and my neighbors have been checking in on each other, taking more walks, and therefore having more opportunities to chat with one another, 
from a safe distance, of course. Because of the pandemic, I now know more of my neighbors, which is probably something I should have been better at before anyways. So now I want you to turn to those you are with and share one way the stay-at-home order has positively impacted your life. All right. Well, I'm sure for some of you, it was a bit difficult to come up with just one way your life has been positively impacted, whereas others had many things to share, and both are totally okay. Now, before we go further, I do want to clarify that the situation we find ourselves in is obviously terrible. People are sick and dying. We are not able to gather with our friends or family or as a church. Many people have lost their jobs among many other terrible things. This pandemic is objectively a bad thing, and it's a disruption. But oftentimes disruptions, even ones as terrible as this one, can be a catalyst for positive changes. So in your household, you may have talked about a variety of topics such as interpersonal relationships, Maybe you have a newfound sense of gratitude for things you took for granted. Maybe you've had a lot of time to learn a new hobby or skill. And maybe some of you talked about church life. And that last one is where I want to focus our time today. I think we can all agree that before the pandemic, the church had a pretty standard routine, right? And not just Nova, but the American church in general. So typically, for church life, people would gather on a Sunday morning. You get to see some of your friends, sing a few songs of worship, hear a great sermon, drink some coffee and eat a donut, and then you're out. Maybe your normal church routine also included a midweek small group gathering, youth group, or Bible study, all of which are great things, by the way. And while this routine is a good thing for sure, it's not the totality of what church is, not even close. And perhaps you may already know this, but because we get so locked into this routine, it can sometimes be difficult to remember that there is more to church. Perhaps the most telling thing about how we, that being society in general, view church is in our language. We say we go to church. And this may seem like I am picking at straws or you may not even see what the problem is. But trust me, by saying we go to church, it actually shows a whole lot about how we view church. All right, at this point, we're going to jump into our passage for today. And it's only one verse, Colossians 1.18. And although we are only going to look at one verse, it holds a lot of significance in regards to how we should be viewing church. This verse states, and he, that being Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. This is God's word for us today. 
Now, this verse is situated in a larger passage in Colossians that primarily focuses on the supremacy of Jesus over everything in the world. But like I said, this verse also shows us a whole lot about what the church actually is and what it is based on. So the Greek word used for church in this passage is the word ekklesia. And now to be fair, ekklesia can be defined as a specific physical gathering of people. For example, Acts 19.39 states, if there is anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly, ecclesia. Paul also refers to specific churches in specific cities, like the church at Ephesus or the church at Rome. So it can mean a physical gathering of people, but ecclesia is one of those words that can have a few different meanings. And the vast majority of the time when the term ecclesia is used throughout the New Testament, it refers to the church, but it does not refer to a physical gathering of people, a specific physical gathering of people. Let's take a, few, let's take a look at a variety of scriptures to show you what I mean. For example, Acts 8.3 states, But Paul began to destroy the ecclesia. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Acts 12.5 says, So Peter was kept in prison, but the ecclesia was earnestly praying to God for him. Galatians 1.13 For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how I intensely persecuted the ecclesia of God and tried to destroy it. In Ephesians 3.21, To him be glory in the ecclesia and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Are you seeing a difference? In none of these verses is the church referred to as a specific gathering or a specific place. It's more general. In fact, our main verse in Colossians 1.18 may just give us the biggest clue as to what the church actually is. It states, and he is the head of the body, the church. The church is the body. The body of what? What Paul is referring to here is the body of all believers. And throughout a different passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks at length about the body of believers. And here are a few verses from that chapter in 1 Corinthians that explain this point further. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. That's verses 12 and 27 from 1 Corinthians 12. At its core, the church is not a specific place or a specific gathering or a specific congregation. The church is people. It's the believers themselves. Therefore, it doesn't really make sense to say, I go to church. If you are a follower and imitator of Christ, you are the church. Or rather, you are a part of the church. Worship services... And specific church congregations are a part of church life for sure, an important part, but they are not what the church is in its totality, not even close. You know, we as a staff at Nova have heard it all right now. 
We've heard things like, and these are all absolutely real things we have heard, by the way, church has been canceled. The church isn't worshiping right now. The church is taking a break. And I kid you not, I have heard this last one. The devil is winning right now. Now, if the church is a specific place or a specific gathering, these statements would have some truth to them. But the church is not. And therefore, none of these things are true. So instead of saying we go to church, we should be saying we are the church. So like I said, I'm sure this is something many of you have heard before. But man, can it be difficult to remember sometimes. Perhaps if someone were to ask you, what is the church? I'm sure many of you know that this is the correct answer. But it's one thing to know the correct answer and another to believe it and live it out. And I think this interruption we all find ourselves in, it's bringing out what we actually believe the church to be. Some of you at home are watching this worship service And it's nice, but all it really is is a placeholder until things go back to quote-unquote normal. And maybe for some of you, you may not realize it, but your faith is only based in a worship service. The only time you read the Bible is on Sunday. The only time you worship is on Sunday. The only time you pray is on Sunday, and maybe before meals. The only time you serve is when Nova puts a service project together, etc., etc. Parents, we have said this at the beginning of every Nova at Home children's lesson. You are and always have been your child's primary discipler, whether you realize it or not. Nova Kids is wonderful and provides so much for your child's spiritual development, but it will always pale in comparison to the example that you put forth. So when your child looks at you, do they see someone who is an active member of the church, the body of Christ, who is continually growing in their relationship with God, who prays, whose actions are shaped by their faith, who seeks God in all that they say and do? Or do they see someone who goes to a worship service once a week? There is a big difference between the two. Now, I say all of this not to be mean or to put you down. These are things that I have been wrestling with these past two months as well. It's just important to be honest with ourselves. Because if we are honest with ourselves, then we can make changes to where we're falling short. And the good news of the gospel is that no matter where we are at, we can always reorient our path back towards God. That's what repentance is. We don't go to church. We are the church. And because we are the church, the church hasn't stopped in the slightest despite the pandemic. And you know what? There have been some really incredible ways the Nova family has continued to be the church. Feeding the hungry in the pop-up food pantry have continued to provide food for people in need in our community. We have a team of people who are ready and willing to do grocery shopping for people who are not able to right now. Believe it or not, many new small groups have formed during the stay-at-home order 
For the time being, they're meeting over Zoom, but they'll meet in person when the stay-at-home order is lifted. I personally have heard many stories of Nova people reaching out to their neighbors, inviting them to this online worship service, and as well as praying for them, doing grocery shopping for them, and just showing God's love in a multitude of ways. Last week, I was even told about a family whose two children made the concerted decision for the first time to be Christ followers after working through the Nova Kids at Home lesson as a family. All of this in the midst of the stay-at-home order. The church hasn't stopped. Far from it. If anything, this interruption has been a catalyst for many Christians to take ownership of their faith, to be active with it, and not to simply relegate their faith to a worship service. We don't go to church. We are the church. So do I wish we were all still gathering on Sunday morning worship? Of course I do. I'd be lying if I said it doesn't really matter whether we gather or not. We are created for in-person community with one another and communal worship. And quite frankly, I miss all of you, and it really sucks not being able to see you in person. But let's not despair and throw the baby out with the bathwater. So all of us have been cooking a bit more than we have been in the past. Lexi and I love to cook, so this has actually been a lot of fun for us. It's also forcing us to become adaptable with cooking. If you are like me and my wife, there have been many times when you want to cook something but are missing an ingredient or two. And in the past, we would just swing by a grocery store, grab what we need. Obviously, it's not so easy to do that right now. So either we have to improvise or we just do without that one ingredient. Pastor Dean was telling me about this very thing last week. He was preparing dinner for his family and started to make a dish. Unfortunately, the recipe he was using called for capers, but he didn't realize he didn't have any. And he didn't realize this until he had already started cooking. And so he just threw his hands up in the air, said, oh well, and just threw the entire dish away. No, of course he didn't do that. That would be ridiculous, right? but maybe some of us do the exact same thing in regards to church. Just as capers was an ingredient in the dish Dean was making, our in-person Sunday morning gathering is an element of church. And just as it would be ridiculous for Dean to throw away the entire dish because he is missing an ingredient, so too would it be ridiculous to think that the church has stopped because we are not gathering in person for an hour or two on Sunday morning. The church hasn't stopped. In fact, I don't even think it's slowed down. Why? Because we don't go to church. We are the church. And so, will you be a part of it? Ever since Christ died and was resurrected so that our sins could be forgiven... The church has continued to go, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances, and it's going to continue to go. Will you be a part of it? And I don't necessarily mean, will you attend our worship service, online or in person? That's great if you do. In fact, regular worship with the body is very important to the church. But it's not the whole picture. It goes a bit deeper. What is it then? 
we look back to our main verse today in Colossians. It's the first words in verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. Do you follow the head of the church, that being Christ? Do you exemplify him with your whole life, not just on Sunday morning? That's what it means to be the church. And since we are the church at all times, we are called to exemplify Christ in every aspect of our lives, not just on Sunday. We don't go to church. We are the church. We are in the middle of a disruption, perhaps the biggest disruption any of us will ever face. And although the situation itself is terrible in every aspect, it can still be a catalyst for good things. That's the theme of resurrection. That's the theme of redemption. So maybe you watching right now got really used to the routine of American church. And maybe without even realizing it, your faith was rooted in an in-person worship gathering but not really anything else. If so, I pray that you would see that church is so much more. And maybe this disruption can be a catalyst for something greater in your life. Amen.